Welcome to Man Up, a podcast by men, about men, and for men who want to be better fathers, husbands, leaders, and followers of Jesus. Are you ready? Man Up. Yes, sir! Welcome, welcome, my friends. I'm your host, Jared Bowman, and this is Man Up, your podcast with all the encouragement that you need to be a better father, husband, leader, and follower of Jesus. We're a band of brothers. We're soldiers. We're comrades in arms. We fight side by side, shoulder to shoulder, hand over hand, and mile after mile until each has helped the others attain the high calling of Jesus. We're back. I'm back behind the man up microphone. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. It's been a while, about two weeks since I've recorded an episode, but it was for a purpose. As I've been alluding to those of you that follow the program on Facebook, this has been about personal growth and development and making this show and also the YouTube channels that I do better. During this couple of weeks off, I've had a couple of things that I've gotten done that were promises that I made to you, and one of them was launching a YouTube channel for men. It has one video up now, and the video is actually performing quite well for, for a brand new YouTube channel. But it's all about being a dad. And it is faith-based, but we're also going to talk about some secular things on there about just kind of the minutia of being a dad and how not to get overwhelmed in daily life. But it is called The Real Dad Channel. And here's how you find it. You go to www.youtube.com forward slash. Then put in the at sign like you're sending an email. The Real Dad Channel. And it will take you straight to the channel. It was actually one of the first YouTube channels that I know of to get its own handle. And so that makes it really easy to find. So that's how you'll find it. The one episode is up. I should be recording another one today that will drop Monday or Tuesday. Most of what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks is focused on you and making this show better. Because I really want this audience to grow. I really want this to be something that is good for us as men. And I want it to be something that serves your needs. And so I've been working with a company called Think Media. I say working with them. I've been attending some of the courses that they put out on the internet, paid a little bit of money to do it, to improve my skills as a YouTuber and a podcaster. And I think it's paying off already, but I am glad to be back. One of the things that I learned on this journey that I've been on to become a better podcaster and you really have to get to know your audience. And so I went and started reading some books on manhood and fatherhood and went and joined some Facebook groups where men were talking about their problems and looking for advice from other men. And I began to realize, guys, we have a real problem. And for years, I, like probably many of you, have thought that the problem with masculinity in our culture is external that we have a problem with the way that our culture perceives masculinity. One of the things that I have realized is that many of the problems that we face today, we face because we allow ourselves to be the victim. Men complaining about the life situations that they're in when the life situations that they're in are made of the choices that they make to either split up a family or have a child outside of marriage and not do the man up kind of thing and really step into that role of being a husband and father that we want to do this part time. And when we can't have it on our terms, we complain and we moan about that. A lot of us sit around and complain, even though we have 
decent lives, that, that we're financially okay, that we have a wife and we have kids and things for the most part are good, but we just don't like our job. We don't like our work-life balance. And, and we sit around and, and rather than taking strategic action, what we do is we fall into this habit of grumbling and complaining because it is easier, guys. And this is the opposite of what masculinity should be. It is easier to sit and complain than it is to say, hey, I'm going to try something different. And as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a quote that I heard once. It's been attributed to General Patton, and I think that's probably right, given the quote. But he was saying, I will take a good plan violently executed today over a perfect plan next week. Most of us are sitting around wanting to make big changes in our lives. We're frustrated with being so tethered to society. Maybe we're frustrated by the political realm. We're frustrated by the financial realm. And yet we keep waiting around for the perfect moment to make the changes that we know that we need to make. This idea of I can have everything just the way that I want it so that I have a clear yellow brick road that takes me from A to B that I know will absolutely guarantee me success and I'm going to sit and complain until I get that. That is the victim mentality that we have to overcome. And so today I'm going to talk with you about some things that I've learned, some realizations that I've come to over the last few years where I've made some big changes in my life that I would like to share with you because maybe they will help. And the first one comes down to one simple thought. No one is ever going to walk into your life and give you permission to do the hard thing that you think will change your life for the better. Nobody's ever going to do that. I've known very, very few people in my life who have ever had their dream job come and knock on their door and say, we want to hire you for an unseemly amount of money. And we want to set you up in a perfect situation in exactly the place that you want to live in exactly the work conditions that you want to be in. In fact, when I say I know very few people, I probably know no people that that is true of. The guys who really make the big changes in their life aren't waiting for the changes to come to them. They're not waiting for someone to come in and knight them as father of the year. They're not waiting for someone to come in and knight them as able to reach this next rung on the corporate ladder. They go out and they fight for it. And part of what we have to realize is that the victim mentality comes from the fact that we see other people growing and other people succeeding, but we don't focus on the work behind it. And one of the things that I've learned in these Think Media courses is that success leaves clues. If you see somebody with a family that you want to have, then you need to model your behavior after them. You might say, well, my wife is not like his wife or my kids are not like his kids. You're right. They're not. But there are still clues that you can take and manipulate to make them fit your own circumstances. But too often what we do is we say, I see their perfection and I desire it. And I'm angry at them for having it. We take on this victim mentality and victim mentality really comes from this place of jealousy and the unwillingness to work. And it got me to thinking about something I was reading recently from the book of Ecclesiastes. And I know some of our audience are not, are not looking for a lot of faith-based solutions. There's some practical applications to this as well. 
But in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, beginning in verse 4, this is what Solomon, the, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of the pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God which makes all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed, or whether both of them alike will be good. You know what Solomon just said there? He said, stop waiting around for the perfect moment. If you wait around for the perfect amount of wind and the perfect amount of rain, you're never going to get your crops planted. And really, the keys to your success are very little about what you're doing. You, you need to do the rudimentary kind of thing, the basic kind of thing. But it's really the, the keys to unlocking the life that you're trying to get to, the family that you're trying to have, the performance and the career that you're wanting to have. They've got more to do with things that are outside you, even things that you can't comprehend, than they do you. So Solomon's conclusion is work in the morning, work in the evening. And I think about that, and I think about how this attitude of victimhood, this complaining that we do because we don't have it that way, what is it really doing? It's excusing us, friend, from doing the work that we know that we ought to be doing. This is why so many men are delaying things like marriage and having children. They're waiting for somebody to come in and say, now's the right time. You know, friend, nobody's ever going to tell you, hey, it's your time. Shoot your shot. Nobody's ever going to come in and tell you, this is your moment. If you are not actively working toward those ends, if you are not, not planting and sowing and reaping, if you are not moving yourself in that direction, then, friend, you're going to get to a point in your life where you're in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s, and you're going to realize the opportunity passed me by. And you think, well, I never saw it. Well, you never saw it because you never shot your shot. And the funny thing is, is when it comes to things like career and when it comes to things like spiritual growth or being something like, like in my example, an evangelist, people thought I was crazy. I left behind a six-figure job to go work in a small Texas town as an evangelist. I moved to the Pacific Northwest. People in the small Texas town thought I was crazy for going and doing that. Well, why? Because it was a shot that I thought was worth shooting. And you know what? If you don't shoot that shot, Somebody else is going to, and at some point down the road, you're going to look up and say, I never got my turn. Well, no, friends, you did. You just didn't take the shot. And the same is true when it comes to, to things like having kids. That if you're waiting around, and trust me, I know this from experience, and, and luckily I had a wife who could tell me your fear of not being the perfect time is killing me inside. I mean, those were her words to me. Your fear of it not being perfect is killing me inside. I didn't become a father until I was 37. And by rights, we couldn't have kids. We had to go adopt by rights. I should have missed my shot. And were it not for the grace of God, I wouldn't be a father today. But friend, don't do what I did. Don't wait till the finances make sense and you know that you're for sure that your wife can stay home and there'll be no question marks in the in the ledger book. There'll be no question marks about the schools that your kid's going to go to. There's going to be no question marks about the kind of parent that you're going to be because you haven't read all the books or done all the studying. My wife tells me I've got an Enneagram number that's a five, and I think that means I want to know everything. 
or it means I think I already did. But friend, if you're waiting for the moment when you've got it all figured out, somebody else is going to shoot your shot. And one day you're going to look up and you're going to see that you're 45 or 50 or 55 years old and you're not married. And you're going to think, well, where did all the women go? What happened to all the girls that were my age? Well, they went with the guy that shot a shot. They went with the guy who punched fear in the face, so to speak, and got down on a knee and said, will you marry me? And brothers, if we're not intentional, and that's really what I'm saying about no one's going to give you permission. If we are not intentional about the lives that we live, if we are just going on accident and autopilot, then it's not going to work out. We're going to be miserable. And we won't know who to blame because we don't realize that it rests on us. And that leads me to sort of the second thought behind all of this is you got to make your time count. And by that, I mean, you got to have a clear indication of why you're doing what you're doing. I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek and his book, Start With Why. But the whole idea of figuring out why it is you're doing what you're doing is so, so important. Why did I want to be a father? I got to tell you, and I feel like eight years on, I can say this. My why was not as clear as it is today, Ben. My why is I wanted my wife to be happy. I didn't want her to be miserable. I didn't want her to feel brokenhearted and hurting. I didn't have to be Will's dad for a day before that why circle began to fill up with a lot of other things. Here's my whys for being a dad. People ask me, you know, Jared, why are you a YouTuber and a podcaster? Doesn't that take a lot of time? Well, yeah, it does. Why are you starting another YouTube channel? Because I really believe that helping people understand the Bible is important. I really believe that helping men talk about issues and helping them be better men is a good and godly use of my time. But I'm going to tell you, there's some other why. I really believe that not only is this worthwhile, that this is, I really believe this is poured into my heart, but I also believe if I do this well, it's going to better help me support my family in the future. Somebody's going to look at this podcast and the YouTube channels that I do one day, and maybe they never reach monetization, but somebody's going to look at that and say, you know what? I'd like to help you do that. I'd like to help you with that work. I don't expect to become wealthy, just be a way that allows me to continue in the uncertain times. Let inflation do what it's going to do. If I'm putting in the work today, I really believe that somebody is going to help me with that. And sooner rather than later, I'm going to have to ask. I'm going to have to say, hey, if you want to support me, you can do this. And I can tell you my wheels are already turning that way because, you see, I want this to be worthwhile to you. And I want it to be worthwhile for me. And I believe that this is a good use of my time. But it starts with knowing why I'm doing it. I have a good friend. And to be honest, when he did this, and I know he listens to this, so John, just you have to listen to this all the way through. I was really disappointed in him when he made this decision. He decided to move across the country. He decided in the middle of COVID to pack up his kids in an RV and start moving around and seeing what life was like in other places. Just take it as a big adventure. And I thought, well, but I need him here. This is where I want him and his family. They're good people. We love them. They're a good, big part of our congregation. Well, he moved around and he moved around. And when they set out, they didn't intend to move all the way across the country, but they found themselves in Florida and they thought, this is a much better place for the kind of life that we have envisioned for ourselves than Portland, Oregon is. 
selfishly, I didn't like the decision when I heard it. But I've come to a place thinking about that where I have to applaud him for shooting his shot. He knew what he wanted for his family. His wife knew what she wanted for her family. And they knew that the best shot for getting that was not here. And so I salute him for that. I'm proud of him for making that decision. Do I still miss him? Yes. But he made the time when it was just, hey, let's go explore and have some fun since we're all working remotely anyway. He made that time work for him. Friend, if your time is not working for you, if your time is not advancing you, your day is, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do the minimum. I'm going to come home. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have my phone in my face and I'm going to, uh-huh, my wife and my kids until we all go to bed at night. And then you wonder why you don't have the family or you don't have the career that you wanted to have, or it's getting more difficult to provide for your family. Well, the reason is we're not intentional with our time. Friends, we got to reach up and take that next rung. And if we're waiting for society to tell us that it's okay to lead our families that way, guess what? They're never going to do it. They're always going to look at us and say, that doesn't work. You can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. Because you don't have to wait for society's permission to do the thing that you know you ought to be doing as a husband and a father. And I say that understanding the caveats that I would couch that within. You need to be doing this according to God's word. But the third thing that we have to understand, and this comes out of John's story that I just mentioned, is that fear is our enemy. Fear is our enemy. Have you ever noticed every election season, we hear from political pundits on both sides of the aisle, this is the most important election of our life. And when they say that, they never begin to tell you about the good things that they want to do for the country. They begin to try to make you afraid of what the other side looks like. And I want to tell you something, friend. Politics is a three-ring circus, and only two of the rings are working. The binary choice between left and right in this country is completely based on fear and demagoguery. And you know that translates for a lot of us into why we never take the shot. You know, a guy barely able to provide for his family sees an opportunity at another company. But he's afraid that maybe if he takes his shot, that somehow it's going to cause him to lose his job. You know, there's something to be said for timing your shot. But right now, even in the middle of a recession, even when some of the bigger employers are starting to lay people off, I still see help-wanted signs for well-paying jobs all over Portland, Oregon, and the surrounding area. And I bet it's the same for where you are. Friend, you can go out there and get another job that's just getting you by. But if you don't take a shot at the one that you want, I can promise you it will be filled with somebody else. And the thing that stops us more often than not is fear. We're afraid. It's one of the things that I absolutely love about my friend Chris Emerson. He's not afraid. He wasn't afraid to start a podcast that started out as more self-help than Bible-based. And he would work in the Bible as he went. But he wasn't afraid. People looked at him, you know, what, why are you doing this? Why are you starting a podcast? What business does a preacher have doing that? He wasn't afraid of their opinions. I faced some of the same things when I moved to the Pacific Northwest or when I started a, a YouTube channel and now a second one and a podcast. 
Well, why are you doing this? You hear all the naysayers and the accusations. Well, you just want attention for yourself. No, that's not what it's about at all. But I'm not afraid of answering the question that you're going to pose to me. And I'm not afraid if you walk away not believing the answer that I give you. Because I know my why. I don't care whether it's hope for a better family, hope for a better job. I don't care if it is hope for a stronger congregation or hope to be a leader among the Lord's people, or in my case, the hope to step outside of a six-figure career and take a pay cut and go become an evangelist. Somebody is always going to try to make you afraid of hope because they're afraid to do it. They're afraid to do it. There's a reason today why so many Christians want to behave like they cannot tell anyone about Jesus, that you shouldn't be talking about that hope. They want to make you ashamed of that hope because they are afraid to do it. If we are leading our families in fear, then we are creating a generation who has no hope. You want your kids to grow up with a solid, firm foundation of faith? then you have to show them that you are willing to do what is best for your family, what is best for your relationship with God, what is best for your own mental health, and you are willing to make those choices so long as they're within that framework unapologetically. But the last thing is we have to be mindful and own our choices. So many people go out there and they get outside of those frameworks. They think selfishly. They think about only how the move benefits them and not their family or the shot that they want to take benefits them and not their relationship with Jesus. And then when things don't go well, they come to the conclusion that, well, it just didn't work. It's somebody else's fault. Friend, I want to see men today take messy, imperfect action. I want them to execute on the good plan today violently rather than the perfect plan two years or 10 years from now because that perfect plan is never coming. But be mindful of what you're doing. Be willing to accept the risk. And when things don't go right, look in the mirror and say, you know what, this is on you, but summon the courage, summon the faith, do it prayerfully. You know, friend, I know that today I am not what I want to be. I know that today I am not where I want to be. But I know I can get there. And I'm kicking off the journey today. And I want to encourage you, don't fall into victim. Don't sit around because it's easier to blame the culture or the politics or other people or the people who stepped in front of us or the the fact that it doesn't seem like we ever got our turn, don't take comfort in being the victim. Man up. Step out there. Look at the life that you want within the confines of God's word and go out there and make it work. Even if it's unconventional, you can make a life for your family where you have more time with your kids and the ability to meet the expenses that you have. Don't Show them the negativity and the frustration and the discouragement and the grumbling and the complaining. Show them what a man of faith looks like. Well, friends, I guess that brings me to everything that I had to say. I think this may be some of the most important things that we've talked about. 
I've got a lot more in store for you, and we're going to get back to having regular guests. But today, I wanted this to be on me. I wanted it to be between you and me because this may just be what it really means to man up. So until we talk again, have a good day. God bless and man up. Dismissed!